Welcome in to the Vinyl Community Podcast. Welcome, everybody, and uh, back here at the Audio Excursion at Safe and Sound Texas. I have a special guest today, uh, and she has written a book about the Beatles, my favorite band. And I, I met this lady at a local record show here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area a few weeks ago, and um, she was went to the Beatles Fest three weeks ago in New York and has just gotten back, and uh, her name is Patty Gallo-Stenman. We're going to call her Patty because that's her Beatles name. And uh, she's written a book called Diary of a Beatle Maniac, a fab insider's look at the Beatles era. And Patty, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me, David. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, one thing I can say after meeting you uh, and your daughters as well is fun is a word that uh, is native to you. I know you've really taken this all very much to uh, to heart, and it's very uh, nostalgic to you as it is to me. And uh, a lot of us who went through this era, uh, it's a very interesting perspective I think we have on it. So it's great to great to share it with other people. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, so we'll spend some time. Uh, I've set some questions to ask Patty, but I guess I'd like to kind of just get her to tell us just a, a Cliff's Notes version of uh, her journey and how things got started with her in the Beatles and how old you were and what kind of events you were first involved in, if you'd like to share that with us. Sure. Um, well, actually, so much of it is in my book, but what what happened is I was... 14 years old in 1964, and I was just ripe for the chase, you know, it was like the right time for music, and uh, the Beatles came on the scene, I, I'm from Philadelphia, and the Beatles came on the scene uh, that February, I saw them a little bit beforehand on the Jack Parr show and a couple other places, so it was very exciting for 14, 15, and 16-year-old girls to, to see this group that just came out of nowhere and from England, no less. And uh, I was at an all-girls Catholic school at the time, and it was very boring. And we had just come out of the winter uh, where JFK was assassinated the, the earlier that November. And everybody was kind of in a very sad, dark mood. So to have these young guys come from England with this incredible music and me being just at the right age, it it, it happened at the right time and the right place for me. Um, and uh, I kind of joined with some of the girls at school into little Beatle Buddy groups, which I call them later in my book, Beatle Buddy Groups. And we joined together and we just were went crazy <laughs> buying albums, uh, writing poetry and doing the whole nine yards. Uh, and it lasted for, you know, I was a freshman. It lasted probably right before my senior year when we got a lot more serious, you know. So uh, it was a good time. And the 60s were an amazing time for music, as, as we all know. Um, it was just the right time at the right place to do this. Right. Yeah, I remember it well. My, you were a little older than I was. I was only like six or seven, but yeah. uh, but still very impressionable. And uh, yeah, I did a video not long ago about the Beatles, and I talked about the whole mood of the country and the perspective uh -huh. 
of that because I said they were kind of in a funk. Um, everybody, yeah. yeah. And uh, then when the single got released right before Christmas, and it went nuts, and uh, yeah, it was quite uh, quite endearing. So when we see those girls that were on, like Ed Sullivan, uh, <laughs> that kind of is uh, an indicator of the kind of euphoria that was going on uh, across yes. the nation, not just in New York, but across mm -hmm. the nation. That's true. And we always thought that those girls that were in the audience in New York were very lucky girls. And actually, I have a friend of mine who also lives in Texas, and she was one of those girls, wow. actually. And Ed Sullivan, it's, it's amazing, you know, you bump into different people who who experienced this in different ways, but uh, I would have given my eye teeth to be, be one of those girls on the Ed Sullivan show, you know. Sure. Yeah. The, the funniest part, when I look back at those videos now, and I'll probably insert some here in our in our uh, actual playback of this, is looking at some of the guys and their reactions like, oh, my gosh, where am I? What am I doing here? Because <laughs> it was true. That's true. <laughs> There yeah. weren't, you know, it's funny because I went to an all-girls school, but of course we would see the boys at different time. And I had some friends that were male and they just weren't as crazy over the Beatles. You know, the girls were the hysterical ones. And yeah. and uh, it, it was actually very interesting. I can't really name one boy Beatle maniac that I knew. It was just a bunch of us young 14 and 15 year old girls. Yeah. Now, I was really big into Ricky Nelson at the time, and oh, yeah. uh, and I thought to, I remember thinking to myself at that age, I thought, "Uh oh, Ricky Nelson is in trouble." <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Oh my God! But and and it's another thing we could maybe talk about later is fan clubs because Ricky Nelson was one of the first, along with Elvis to have a lot of fan club interest from young girls mm -hmm. and uh, along with the Mickey Mouse club kids, but that we're going back a little bit, but, yeah, right. but Ricky Nelson was really big with the girls and with the fan clubs. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I see we have Sir Paul standing there next to you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you've told me stories about that. That's a Halloween favorite of you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sir Paul lives in my foyer, and uh, actually, I did buy him to when I would go out and sell books. I could use him, you know, as part of the stand. Uh, but he, he's too big to take along, so he, he's living in my foyer now. And I dress him up at Christmas and Halloween and Easter, and uh, take pictures with him. So he's he's part of the family. Okay. <laughs> and I've got a lot of uh, Beatles memorabilia I see there behind you as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's great. So uh, so back to the kind of the questions uh, that I set up for you, I thought maybe we go through a few of those. And because uh, some of those are kind of related to, you know, interest in the, you know, in the record collecting community and that type of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. so you said, uh, so what was the Beatles first single that you bought? And I guess you, you have one. <laughs> I have only one because uh -huh. everything else was albums. And it was from a German pen pal in 1964. She sent me, I guess you can see a, the copy yeah. of come get me diner hand. I want to hold your hand. And 
she loves you in German. Right. And it has a little, you know, has a little sleeve. And uh, it has, it's a German uh, Odeon. Uh, yeah, Odeon, yeah. Yeah. And that's from, I believe, it's from 64, yeah. if I remember correctly. I believe you're right. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. And then on the back, it has, remember, as they used to do, they have Cliff Richard and other artists, they advertise their albums. So sure. that was kind of cute. So that was the first and only single wow. that actually I have. <laughs> That's interesting because back in the day, singles were bigger than LPs, generally speaking, in sales and everything. Partly because of the yeah. cost, you know, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, they they kind of pushed though when the Beatles came out. They kind of pushed the albums too. Um, yep. I I know my girlfriends and I we basically waited for the albums to come out, and uh, the first the first album I ever bought. I think you might have yeah ask me sure about go ahead yeah the first album I ever bought was. Uh, for my girlfriend's 15th birthday on February 7th, 1964. And it was this one. And mm. uh, Meet the Beatles. And it's uh, that was that was the first album uh, that I bought for her, for her birthday. But for me, uh, on the 24th of February in 64, I bought the VJ album. Which was um, uh, introducing the Beatles, and you can and, see the shadow of George. So that's an original. Oh, is that an original? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a shadow, shadow on the far right. There's a shadow you can see. Okay, I yeah. didn't even notice that. Hey, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And on the back, uh, it does look like that they 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 glued over this thing or something because there's a. There's a, the, the the songs, but there's something underneath it. it looks there was like. a track. There was a tracks were added to one to that version. There was an oh. earlier version than that. Okay. Yeah. And this is this is VJ. This was bought. I remember February twenty fourth, nineteen sixty four. And believe it or not, it wasn't bought at a record store. Neither of these were. They were bought at the A and P grocery supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> In Philadelphia, in Southwest Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, so they were the they were the first two albums, actually. So. <laughs> so, so you know, so we're kind of blending this history with the vinyl community, and so those are called what we call originals or OGs, meaning yeah. uh, their value is a lot higher than um, subsequent reissues. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, now VJ, ironically, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. That label was started by an African-American couple in Gary, Indiana, and they were selling uh, their records in record stores. Uh, so the Beatles record that you have there came out in July of 63 really? in out of VJ. And uh, so I got mine back when they first came out and they were nobody. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I, I had heard of them before, and they also they also had the Four Seasons. The song Sherry was first released on VJ Records. 
Okay. So, uh, so there's, you know, so those records kind of were in the stores locally. They were kind of super promoting them because it was a local yeah. business. Um, you know, I think their offices were in Chicago, but the couple was actually a big, uh, uh, a big uh, entrepreneurial uh, group, and they were African American, which was kind of unique at the time, just, of yeah. course. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how all these things intersected with one another. And right. they ended up getting sued by EMI Capital and they had to stop mm-hmm. making them and, you know, the whole thing that happened there. But uh, it's an interesting story. So, yeah, great. So, yeah. So that's really seeing those originals. That's really, really uh, great. What um, I asked, what's your favorite song and why? And I know that's hard. That's got to be super hard. <laughs> You know, I always I always tell everybody it's like trying to pick your favorite child. Yeah. It's like it's very hard. I I just love them all. I mean, not all some, you know, some I'm more not, than others, sure. Yeah. But uh but I mean I, I've always liked in my life, I like the I like the slower ones from the beginning and the middle area. And of course I know everybody says it's corny, but you know, uh I, I I just love and I love her. I I love them. You know I love them all. Yesterday everybody laughs at, but Paul's my favorite, and his ballads mean something very special to me to this day. So, but there's you know we can go through the you know the album the albums too. It's like oh my gosh, every album has its great songs. But I, I so like the movie albums, believe it or not. I mean, everybody likes the stuff at the end and this and that. But I loved A Hard Day's Night, the whole album. And I so loved Hell. And, you know, Hey, You Have to Hide Your Love Away. And I mean, there's just great songs everywhere. And at all the different times that they wrote, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they they had no no lack of talent when it came to writing songs. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, they could squeeze a lot into two minutes in a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and and the lyrics. I mean, wh- wh- when you think of the lyrics, and you think of uh, you know, they're they're talking about they're they're twenty two years old, and the lyrics that they're writing sounds like it's coming from a much much older person, and you know, they're very thought provoking, and, and in a lot of cases, so it, yeah. it was very interesting that that they could write that way when they were so very young, you know? Yeah. And, and I always say they were, um, they were young, but mature in the way they wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, True. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So you, you mentioned LPs is, is there an LP? You said, you said a hard day's night, I guess that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh gosh. I, I'm, I could go on and on. I'd love, I like help too. I, the whole, you know, album is great. I like, my gosh, I mean, I could go through all of these and say, oh, I like that one. I love that one. You know, every, every one of them had, and and of course, you know, um, Sergeant Peppers was a, a real, you know, breaker in the whole record industry for, for music. I think that's an incredible album. And the White Album, I mean, yeah, I could just... It's hard to pick favors with the Beatles. It just yeah. is. Yeah, I just got. I just did a video the other day and released it. I got a, uh, a audio file version of Sergeant Pepper's that I've been trying oh, to wow. get for like forty years, and I finally got one. And it just—it's uh, like a new experience listening to it almost. 
Uh, oh so, gosh, yeah, so, I mean, um, it's amazing. I, yeah. I I I brought all these albums with me. I mean, I don't know. Do you want sure, me? Sure, you can sure sure go ahead. Let's let's. The next one after was the Beatles' second album, and that was in '64. Still, right. uh, I can see that. Right. And, yeah, we can see it perfectly. Yeah, the back on that, and uh, that was Capital, and yeah. it was high, high fidelity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, they were, yeah, they were, the catalogs were a little mixed up with the UK. So you're showing yeah. the US versions uh, for our. I'm showing, our... Yeah. I'm showing you the US versions, but as I go down what I have, I have British versions too. Okay, good. Yeah. Original British versions because uh, I had a pen pal in England, as well, I had one in Germany, and the pen pal in England gave me uh, some information about ordering albums from the uk so i started ordering some of them from the uk so th this is from the states but this is in stereo now and that's a hard day's night and that that's 64 that's and i just love i love the cover i've always loved the cover mm -hmm. on this it's one of my favorite covers and the back is just amazing and of course all these albums were bought when the records came out when the albums came out so they're all yeah. original yeah. Wise. And they're really well the kept. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I made sure I keep them standing up. I really haven't played them much over the years, you know. Um, the next one is something new, which is also Capital, and that was also, I think, in '64. That was towards the end of '64, and uh, that uh, is, as I said, that's that's says also available in regular monophonic. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, and that has a lot of good songs on it. Plus, it has a German uh, Come Give Me Deiner Hand in there, too. Mm -hmm. So, woohoo, you know, <laughs> I'm just put them back here. And this came, this is an interesting album because you didn't see much of it. My my mom actually got, got it for me for Christmas uh, the first year, which was 64. And it is The Beatles Story. Oh, and yeah. it was done on capital and it i wasn't too fond of it because you know it, it just talked a lot interview but it yeah. is nice inside and uh talking about a narrative and musical bi biography of Beatlemania, and that was towards the end it came out for the christmas season if i recall and it's a two 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 records right two yeah. albums yeah so you know, and and also in those days, they still were coming out with these sleeves. You know, sure the promo <laughs> sleeves. Yeah, right. So that was that was kind of interesting. And then you know, okay, I'll just continue here on here. Then came the first one for '65, which was Beatles '65. Um, yep, and that was also in high fidelity. Now you see, so. yeah. Yeah, so that was interesting. And it had a lot of great songs on it. Uh, She's a Woman and Rock and Roll Music. And uh, and I collected these as I went away around. Uh, this is Beatles 6. Right. So um, on the back of that. And uh, this is also, says it's recorded in England, which yep. is interesting. Yeah, that was um, a lot of times they stamped that on there, yeah. And then I've I've got help, which was they really went fancy on this one because it opened, Faithful, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
I don't know if this is just a full dimensional stereo now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had to give it some. Yeah, right. (laughs) New improved. Actually, I got another copy of Help. I I don't know why I got two, but I do. So, uh, okay. Now, this is one of the British albums that I ordered from England and came. This is Rubber Soul. And it's shiny and glossy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's EMI records. EMI PC is it a PCS? Uh, is the number PCS something upper right? Uh, maybe? Just says EMI records. Yeah, PMC. PMC is mono. mono. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah that's mono. Yeah. Then okay, it's twelve sixty seven. It says yep. it's also available in stereo. So that's it's, on the back. So. PCS and, in stereo. Yeah, and this was uh, this was actually. From England. Right. And uh, I've just put it over here on this side. The other side and the of the ocean. One, yeah. The next <laughs> one also was EMI and it's Beatles for sale. So, okay. yeah. And that, yeah. That's, but, and actually, it's so funny because going through these today, I noticed one thing I'm missing a Beatle album that I never bought because I, I got some of them from England and I thought this, the songs were already on it. I'm really missing missing yesterday and today. Ah. So, sadly, I'll have to pick that up somewhere. Yes. That <laughs> was this is from this is also from England on EMI Records and it's a revolver. So and with a nice shiny cover. Oh yeah. And then we're just quickly we're just back with uh, America, which is now we're going to sixty seven and it's Yep, it's uh, Sergeant Peppers, and I still got the insert. So, uh-huh. that a girl. <laughs> yep, yep. Never took it apart. And so that's there. And again, uh, next one was uh, Magical Mystery Tour with the booklet. And Magical Mystery Tour is interesting because the gentleman that I had a fan club for which i can tell you about this man right here who was on every beetle movie his name victor spinetti and i was co-president of his fan club in philadelphia that we founded so and he was a very nice gentleman and he was in all the beetle movies because george harrison's mother liked him as an actor so they had to hire him for each beetle movie (laughs) (laughs) there you go and of course this is the white album, and it has the numbers down here, you know, for that mm-hmm. uh, kind of dirty cover. But, uh, you know, it has mm-hmm. all the – it also has the stuff inside, you know, which sure. is – Right. Uh, Poster. Yeah. Posters and things and whatever. And then quickly, Abbey Road, which is a classic, and I just love Abbey Road, you know. Yeah, there's incredible songs in this, uh, including something which I think is one of the most beautiful songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say that's one of my favorites. And Frank Sinatra had said once that uh, something was the best love song that he had ever heard and, and was written ever in 50 years of him listening to music. He said he wow. had never heard a love song like that. That's amazing coming from Frank Sinatra, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And this, this is just Let It Be. 
And that was kind of the last thing. And that, you know, so just show it to you quickly. Sure, sure. And there was Apple. Okay. So I just wanted to go over that quickly because I know you have a lot of record That's fans. Okay. So yesterday and today you're missing. That's a, and because that, that one has what yeah. the, that was what one that had the butcher cover controversy. That, See, that's the thing, the butcher cover. That's the one that, you know, I would really have liked to have. But I, you know, in, in the days when I was a teenager, there was no internet. We didn't know about all these things. The only sure. way we found out about, and maybe you, you can remember a little bit, the only way we found out about what was going on in the music world or, you know, with different rock stars and stuff was we had, uh, you know, record uh, radio stations, which sure. were pop radio stations. Oh, yeah. And these these disc jockeys were gods, especially in big cities like New York, <clears throat> Boston, Philadelphia, L.A. So we would listen to those shows day and night and get all of our information. And that's how we found about, about, about the butcher cover. And by that, you know, I mean, it was already gone by the time I ran to the store. <laughs> So I never, I never got it, and I've never picked up a copy of that. Sadly, yeah. well, they're they're worth a lot, and then there's different states if they've put the second cover over it, and you can yeah. see a shadow yeah. of the other, and it's a whole cottage industry almost, you know. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, but Amazing. that was obviously a U.S. only release on on that one, of course. So, so okay. So now I've got through your releases question that i had so that's great thanks for doing that i appreciate that very much um yeah so i guess i, I asked you a question about is there a grail for you but i guess maybe now it is the yesterday and today that you don't have yeah. it that you'd want to get i don't that have one. it yeah. i'm gonna have to get that because all the others i bought you know originally when they came out yeah and yeah. uh spent my little allowance you know yeah i understand so but i have yeah, I'm going to have to look for that one, and that, yeah. that's the one I'm That's well, the only I'll try, one. I'll try to help you find one of those. So oh, Great. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah. So you yeah. said you cared for your records. They seem to be in very good condition, and that's great. And I didn't even – you didn't even have, like, exterior sleeves over them or anything, did you? No. 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 Wow. no. I've, kept, I've kept them in a – actually, somebody recommended many, many years ago to get a moving box, which is when you move – Mm -hmm. houses yeah and it's there's special boxes they're strong they're cardboard but you can set up your albums in them and that's what i've kept these in for yeah. many years and if you so, don't pull them out a lot they won't get that wear yeah. but some of those like like the uh meet the beatles the first one with the black if you pull yeah. that out much it'll start to get what we call ring wear you know from right. the record on the right. outside so yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah. that's great that you've kept them up that well for that long. Wow. Yeah. So that, yeah, a lot of my questions you answered by showing your records, which was great. So, yeah. 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 So I asked, I did ask you if you could have three Beatles related wishes to make, what would they be? And then I said, control yourself. But <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd like to meet Paul and Ringo. I've never met them. I never met. Okay any of the Beatles, but I did see them in concert three times. Sure. So, but, but I didn't meet them. And that's one thing. And, and the other thing was, um, I'm still have on my, uh, my, my list is to go to Liverpool during Beatle week 
which is every September. And then a lot of my friends who have Beetle books, they sell their books, their authors, and they sell their books during Beetle Week in September every year in Liverpool. Ah. So that's my second one. <laughs> and the third one actually is is pretty nice. I'd like to have tea with Julian Lennon, you know, uh-huh. John's oldest son. He's sure. very interesting guy and he's very charming. He just turned 60, and uh, which is unbelievable, I know. But uh, it would be very nice to have tea with Julian. So. Yeah, I really loved uh, that album a lot when it came out when, uh, you know, when he had that those hits that came out much too late for goodbyes. And yes, I, I yes. It, it was just kind of a flashback. Right. You know, the voice right. and the kind of close, oh, gosh, your eyes, yeah. cl- close your eyes yeah. kind of moments. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's a that's a great one. I, I hadn't thought of that one. But, yeah, he he would be very interesting. And uh, yeah. I haven't really followed his career much to know what he's done, you know, since that kind of that initial push that he had. Uh, I think I, I've seen albums of his, but I just haven't really say that I've heard any of them. Yeah. He, he's put out an album recently, which was the first that he's done in a long time. He's works a lot with, for the environment and uh, goes all over the world and speaks about things with what has to do with the environment and peace and stuff. And uh, he has. It seems like he lives on the Riviera. I know he 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 does live on the Riviera, and very very interesting, charming gentleman, actually. So wow. great. So so you mentioned Liverpool. So I was in uh, the UK a month month and a half ago, and did the walking tour. Uh, ah. And so a hard day's night. We start at the station where they did a hard day's night. The filming there. Ah. You know, right. and the one and what was it, George or one of the guys starts to trip and fall down along the sidewalk. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And so um, so the guy that did that walking tour, and I think you know who he is, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to remember yeah. his name. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. He, he's he's actually on my uh, Facebook. Yeah. And he he uh, he also has bought a a beetle store in and he used to partly own it now he owns it in in london as well and yeah, I, I, I picture a face in front of me but i can't think of his name yeah, yeah. i think he um uh yeah i think we actually saw that store um oh, now that i think okay. about it yeah because yeah. he mentioned something about ownership and yeah. uh and so yeah he was he was very knowledgeable and and it was a really that was a great part of the trip. I mean, I really, uh, yeah. I mean, he, uh, plus it was great exercise. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But it was exciting though, to see all these places that you've seen on film or you've heard about, and then you could just walk it. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was a well, you know, well-spent time, uh, to do that. So uh, in so you said you have some other friends that you have uh, two other ladies that you uh, interact <laughs> with. Tell, tell us that little story. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're they're actually very interesting. I, I've met a lot of people at Beetle Fest over the years, and I've become friends with these ladies and some of the guys, too. And uh, one of my oldest friends from from Philly, I didn't know her during the Beetle time. Her name is uh, Pat Mancuso. And she actually had the only George Harrison 
uh, fan club, official fan club in America. She went over to England and got him to sign the charter. So <laughs> she is one of the ladies that has written two books about the George Harrison fan club, official George Harrison fan club. So we're just, you know, we're, we're, we bunk in together at Beetle Fest. And then there's another lady that I know named Marty Edwards, and she's from Chicago originally. And she was president of the Chicagoland Beetle Fan Club. So um. we all got together in Chicago a few years ago, and we traded stories and found out we had, she wrote a book too, uh, which was called uh, 16 and 6064. So uh, her book is about meeting the Beatles on stage and giving them a plaque from the fan club uh, back in when, when the Beatles came around in, in 64, 65, I guess it was 64. And Pat's is about her fan club. And my book is about, well, it's about Beatlemania, but it's also about the Victor Spinetti fan club. So we had a lot in common because. Uh, we had fan clubs in common. Uh, we also, uh, they, both of them had met the Beatles. I, I never did. And there were a lot of funny things that we had in common. So we thought, you know, we should band together and do podcasts and stuff that, and little seminars at Beatle Fest. So we call ourselves the three Beatle Babes. <laughs> so, and, we're actually going to do a podcast in, in, in three weeks again. And if you got you would ever like to have us on, we're they I'd love to. Incredible, incredible stories. I mean, just pet stories you won't believe. And and then Marty's stories too. And they were presidents of fan clubs. So um it's it's a great little group. And you know, unfortunately we all live in different areas of the country so it's hard for us to get together except at beetle fests you know which we we try and talk right. about the three beetle babes <laughs> right so is it marty that was from chicago yes yeah marty edwards but she's living now in arizona okay and pat nakusa lives in in pennsylvania outside of philly and of course i'm in texas so we're right. spread out Okay, no. Yeah. So Mar see the Marty would have uh experience like me because the big radio stations where I grew up were in Chicago. Yes. W WLS yeah. being the biggest one. Yeah. Uh and so she would have um heard the same disc jockeys and kind of oh, yeah. the same yeah. same experience. So I'd really it would be uh I've got a lot of the old um top 40 charts that the radio station would put out every week you know yes. that have that have the beatles yeah. like in succession like the yeah. almost the whole top 10 you know uh kind of <laughs> thing yeah so uh, those were fun times Wait, one second i'm gonna sure. run out for just a second because here we go i actually have a poster right here in my beetle boudoir which is called the three beetle babes and it, it was it was actually drawn by Marty. She's an artist too. Oh, nice. So she's talking about the three of us and what books we wrote. And here we are, the three Beetle Babes. I think I have nice. a picture of you with a T-shirt that has that, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. She she actually had them printed up in Arizona for us. So sweet. which was really sweet. So yeah. yeah that that's that's uh, that's the three Beetle Babes, and uh, we you know as I said we're. We're really fun to talk to because we all were the same age at the same time, you know, right. so right. in different places. So it's kind of fun. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it shows, you know, that one of the things that comes up in, in our discussions in the vinyl community, and there's people of all age groups, of course, uh, sure. a lot of a lot of young people are into vinyl these days, as you probably know. Yeah. And so it's kind of a resurgence. But, you know, there's some people who just don't get it about the Beatles. I mean, maybe musically for them, it's kind of uh you know it isn't it very advanced or it isn't hard enough or right. whatever but you know there's the thing about the beatles is there's really such an emotional tie to the times that you know when once you've experienced it a lot of it really is tied to that um we can we can make a lot of connections in what was going on in our lives and where the beatles were at in their career you know uh-huh. uh, i remember the day i heard the beatles were breaking up i mean just like i do when john kennedy got assassinated or you know i remember that when it hit me it was right. like you're kidding me uh um, that's true you know it was it was you might as well have said my parents were breaking up or something it was <laughs> you know it was that kind of shocking and impactful um, you, you know, but then, but I, I also remember the day Ram came out by Paul McCartney and I bought that album and I'm like, oh, the Beatles are kind of back. You know, I just felt like, you know, that, right. you know, it just felt like, uh, to see that record spinning with the Apple logo and listening to it. I was like, oh boy, this is kind of a taste of, uh, the Beatles, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's just, um, it's just hard to explain, I guess, is the thing about it. And I know uh, some people might look at some of this and think, oh, you guys, you're crazy, you know, whatever. No. But there's, I don't know, this is a this is a set that was sold through a, uh, like a magazine, and it's called The Beatles. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did it in different countries. Mine's Japanese. But what I really liked about it the most is um, all of the songs in here are in sequential Whoa. sequence from how they were recorded. Oh my goodness. The order they wow. were recorded in, which is really great because I love to sit down and listen to this and listen to the progression because it doesn't have any of the, you know, the UK did it this way and the US did it that way. Right. It right. doesn't really like as they built their career and built yeah. their matured. And uh, I mean, that's like a six or eight album box and it's only like 80 or $90. Mm-hmm. You can find it's not that outrageous really. Oh. And, it, and it has some unique um, mixes as well. Uh, so it's, it's just uh, something like that, that you could sit and really go, yeah, this is how these guys kind of grew, you know, mm-hmm. in, in their career so um, it's just kind of its own, you know, its own genre almost, you know, and that's uh, true. And as much that as is... there were other groups, though, Dave Clark Five was a, you know, they were really great and big. There were Hermits, Hermits, different groups that kind of f- came off of that whole British invasion uh, kind oh, of yeah. thing, you know, that that did that. That really, yeah. that's where it started. That was what what seeded it. But nothing, um, nothing was quite like what they could do in terms of draw and in terms of impact uh, no, to exactly. what was going on, you know. And uh, and that's why the, like you said, they have the Beatle Fest. Uh, they had in New Jersey, and they're going to have one in Chicago in what October? Did you say September? No, August, August. 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 Okay. Yeah, the middle of August. And then next year, year, yeah, and then next year in February, it's going to be the celebration of the, the since they were in Ed Sullivan and they came yes. to the U.S., so yeah. they're going to have it at the hotel that used to be the TWA hotel, I guess, right? Right. It was the yeah. TWA terminal. Terminal. And, terminal and sorry, at J- terminal. JFK Airport, and they turned it about two years ago, maybe, 
into a very modern hotel, like mid-century that kind was, of hotel. Okay, yeah. That's where they're going to have it, which is something interesting. I, I was actually there for the 50th anniversary, but not at that hotel. They had that in Manhattan, and then they took people out by bus to go to JFK to pay homage to the airport. There's a plaque at JFK Airport, which commemorates the Beatles landing there and the date. Which wow. is interesting. So pretty, pretty important stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, it was it was quite the event. <laughs> it was definitely quite the event. Did uh, so. So let me ask you: the one item you had on your wish list about going to Liverpool uh, right. is uh, because I'm looking to go there as well. I, I was yeah. in I was in the UK and decided I'd do London first, and I was gonna I wanted more days to be able to go up to Liverpool. Because I have right. some, I have a good friend that lives up in uh, the Manchester area, and uh, so I've kind of got a little bit of a tour guide person that is, uh, right, right. yeah, That's that I good. know. So, uh, but yeah, I need to find out more about that Beatles week because I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, it's it's since I think it's early September, and it's usually every year. A couple of years ago, they. They were going to do away with the, the book day or something, Beetle Book Day, but they reinstated it. So uh, my friends that have written Beetle books have gone there and they say it, it's absolutely so much fun. So I'm, I've got that on my wish list, my bucket list, maybe to gotcha. do in the next year or two. And uh, that would be a lot of fun. And there's there's other, you know, there's other smaller uh, Beetle celebrations around the, the country. There's Beetle's. Beatles on the beach somewhere in Florida and that kind of celebration and one in Arkansas, uh, which I had actually been to to sell books a couple of years ago. So there, there are, but the, the fest for Beatle fans is the biggie and also the Beatle week in Liverpool. Mm. Those are the big ones. So, which is interesting. But the one thing I, I wanted to mention while you were talking about you know, what the Beatles meant, you know, at the ends of the eras and what, what was happening. I always say that, um, and my my friends, the, the, the Beatle babes also agree, and that we became very independent when we were Beatle maniacs back in the mid-60s. We were able to found fan clubs and, and handle money and send out, you know, glossy pictures and newsletters. And we learned, I learned how to take the train to Shea Stadium when I saw them, you know, in, in 66 from Philly. So what we thought is that the Beatles helped with the independence of women, actually, hmm. because in the beginning of the 70s became women's liberation in the States. True. And the Beatles were very popular in the mid to late 60s, where all these young teenage girls were coming of age and becoming independent and doing things on their own. And uh, I kind of link both of them together, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh, guys weren't running those fan clubs for the most part, I'm guessing. So. <laughs> no. Now, actually, if you're interested, there's a brand new book out. Um, and by Sarah Schmidt. It was just published a month ago. She's been working on it for several years about Beatle fan clubs. Mm. And it's very interesting. I bought a copy of it. Uh, Sarah's actually the, the narrator or commentator for our Beatle Babes group. 
And uh, her book is just phenomenal about how many fan clubs there were and how these young girls, some of them were as young as 12 and 13, oh. found at these clubs and made a go out of them, you know, which is interesting. So oh. it's and there's another good book. I know you're in the, the record area, but there's another good book called Women in the Beatles, uh, written by, uh, I was interviewed for it. It was uh, written by a, a professor, American professor, uh, who lives in, Aust who teaches in Australia. And oh. she wrote about how the women were, you know, what happened to these groups of women who were Beatle maniacs? How did they grow up? What did they do? How did it influence them? Very interesting. It's like a textbook. Wow. So, uh, so we're getting, we're getting a lot of, you know, we're getting a lot of print. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say that only because in the last few weeks, I've been listening to a podcast called Women in Vinyl. And these are ladies oh. who actually run record plants and uh, work in that industry. And it's really expanding a lot. Uh, and so it's really interesting. And it's a nonprofit to help educate women in this, yeah. you know, mastering of records or, you yeah. know, the uh, uh, the running of plants or printing or whatever it might be. So there's mm -hmm. a whole piece in the industry of records that are related to women now as well. Yeah. So uh, so there's a lot of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't realize how many there were. Um, I think I might have told you I interviewed uh, Susan Rogers, who was an engineer yeah. for Prince, and wow. she had a formidable role in his career. And uh, and so I'm I'm always crossing these paths with you, ladies. It seems, uh, but it's it's yeah. really interesting evolution that occurred and that opportunity. You know, it's like it's like I always tell the younger kids: you start like if you start working when you're young and you learn the basics. You know, uh -huh. and I know I started working when I was 15 and, you know, we used to have to handle money without a cash register. So you had to know how to make change. Right. Right. You know, today, if you give somebody a $20 bill and give them two pennies to cover, you know, the, the two cents over 50 cents, they look at you like, why are you giving me two pennies? You know, they're, they don't, right. they don't, they're not doing the math on the fly, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so those things are always really uh, developmental, you know, for uh, young folks to kind of get their bearings and understand the value of work um, and invest themselves into something. And something like this, it's fun, too, of course, mm -hmm. a fan club. I mean, that's uh, that's obviously oh, yeah. a lot of fun. So where do where do you the where do uh, the podcast, where are they held for you, when you guys meet as the Beatle Babes? Where where could we find that? Oh, OK. Well, actually. Every podcast that I've done is on my website. Okay. Um, you want to check it's it's diary of a beetle maniac one word dot com. <laughs> so uh, so your book uh, is a great easy read. Yeah. Encourage anybody who has an interest in this region of time to yeah. take take a, a step back in memory lane. Uh, I found it very, very enticing to read and easy to just not, it was hard to put down, you know, just kind of like, oh, this story, that story, the other. It really yeah. brought back a lot of uh, recollections, you know, and memories. So, but uh, you were up there close and personal and that's, uh, that's why we wanted to talk to you today. So, Thank you. Uh, so I was I've, just... Just gonna say if anybody wants to check it out, it's you could get it on Amazon.com right. or right. Diary of a Beetle Maniac or uh 
you could order it for me. I could autograph it. But again, it's diary of a beetle maniac.com. Um, and or also from my uh, my publisher at, at, in Pennsylvania, Sinren Press, C-Y-N-R-E-N. They have copies, too. So I'd be happy if anybody's interested. Thank sure. you so much. Yeah. yeah. So if they order it off your website, you can sign it. That's great. Yes. Yeah, 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 I could sign it. Yeah, get a signed is, one. I did. <laughs> yeah. It's always nice yeah. to sign them yeah. people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I got one for my daughter and gave it to her as well. She enjoying it as well. So that was great. It is that a great, great, you know, it's a, the thing about this book in it, which is so much fun. I, of course, I kept a diary from the time I was 13, which a lot of girls did back then. Mm. And then it went right into Beatlemania in the diary. And then yeah. I, I did, uh, I also had, um, uh, scrapbooks. A lot of girls oh, yeah. were into scrapbooking. So I used my columns that I wrote, my scrapbooks, and my diary. So it's a real girls' book, too, you know, of the times of how yeah. we grew up. And uh, it's like 50, 60 years ago now. So it's like, okay, it's a long time. <laughs> no, but we got to capture that. I mean, that's the thing about it. You, you know, if you don't capture it then it's gone right you know so it gives That's people th that perspective uh and not only our kids but also other people you know you know just like doing youtube right uh it's right. the same kind of thing and that's one of the reasons i started was i said oh, i've got this background in history and i was a disc jockey and it's like i i've got to share yeah. this somehow you know mm, so uh, good idea. yeah so, good idea so that's yeah. great. Well, Patty, yeah. I thank you very much for you taking the time. You've been more than generous with it. Thank you. And I thank wish you, you much, so much success David. in your book. And also uh, have have fun. We got to have fun while we can. Oh, we sure do. And and music is a great way to have fun. It it's, is. It's amazing. And it brings you know? people together. And that's one thing great. That's great about music is it it gets that's beyond true. all the all the tragedy of the day and all the politics oh, yeah. of the day and kind of can bring people together. And I think that's uh, that's what we need, because uh, otherwise we get caught up in a way that we just don't don't really spend as much time together. And sharing music is a way to spend time together. So uh, so it's a great true. it's a great vehicle. So thanks so much yeah. for taking the time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank Take you care. for inviting Stay me. Well. And have a happy springtime, everybody. Take All care. Right. Thank you. Thank you very okay. much. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.